The Quintessential Podcast is proud to announce that we have a new presenting sponsor, Axia Time. Axia Time is a really cool watch company focused on ultra-custom watches to commemorate life's greatest accomplishments. Watches whose styling and quality match the significance of the accomplishments they represent. Axia Time is also partnered with all the leading lacrosse organizations to create all-American timepieces for high school boys and girls and college men and women. Axia Time even creates timepieces for elite awards like the Tuareton and Naismith. If you're interested in a high-quality, Swiss-made timepiece to commemorate a great accomplishment, you need to check out their designs at axiatime.com. That's A-X-I-A time.com. If you're celebrating a team achievement, like a state championship, national championship, or even world championship, you have to check out the timepieces they created for teams like Jesuit Dallas, the University of Maryland, and even the USA U21 world champions. A big thank you to Axia Time for sponsoring this podcast. This is Quintessential Podcast, the PLL Championship Edition. We got Brett Dobson, goaltender for Archers Lacrosse Club, and Chris Bates, head coach. Archers victorious on Sunday, 15-14, in a really, really good game uh, up at Subaru Park. And they beat the Water Dogs. If you didn't get a chance to watch it live, it's available on the app. Uh, guys, congratulations. So, Brett, Brett where, where are you logging in from right now? I'm logging in from Oakville, Ontario right now. I'm at the Toronto Rock Athletic Center. Toronto Rock Athletic Center. You've already shifted gears? No, no. Just kind of seeing the boys. They're all here, but I'm getting ready. I'm taking a week off, and then, uh, you know, I'm getting down to the after that. I'm going to enjoy myself for the next week and, you know, live stretch three. They let you have you got any... a swarm guy or what, huh? Yeah, I kind of feel awkward walking around in there, but, you know, hey, Treasy and Chow, like we talked about, hey, bonded for life after this weekend, right? I got to see the boys. So last I left, I was walking off the field. You guys were cutting down the nets. Uh, a lot of hugging, a lot of champagne. Uh, it was pretty cool. The families come down to the field. It was a nice scene, a, a really cool scene. Coach Bates, what did I miss in the locker room uh, post game? <laughs> uh, you, you missed the boys getting after a little bit. And uh, Tom, Brett, and I were were doing the press conference, and they uh, they had plasticed up the uh, the locker room and waited for us. So we had the uh, the moment of, of the walk-in and the champagne flowing and, uh, you know, just, just one of those special things you never forget. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's nice to celebrate on the field with, uh, with families, but then you get in the locker room and it's just you and the boys and uh, you have a little bit of time to blow off some, uh, some steam and celebrate together. So some, something I'll never forget for sure. Brett, any, any recent or future kangaroo court judgments going to be handed out by any of the behavior that uh, we you guys witnessed uh, after winning the championship? Yeah, there might be a few. Uh, Cam Wires might be a culprit of it. Uh, he might be getting a couple. Mike Sisselberger for his on-field. Uh, what do you say to you, Quinn, about the uh, Sis Farms at the end of the game? I, I caught a tail end <laughs> of that today. Uh, very good. Yep. I, those are two he's, Those are two locks. Uh, Wires, I don't know what he was doing uh, with his forehead. That was not uh, representative of uh, the PLL that I know. And and Sisselberger, if you put the camera in front of him, honestly, he'll just stand there the whole time. And he, like you never have to go away because he's very happy. That, that's just to a T right there. Uh, you know, I got to talk to to Tommy Schreiber, and man, he was so deflective of any kind of credit. I, you know, it was hard to pin him down on on how well he played this summer. You know, the 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 uh, the monumental goal we scored in this game. What 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 was Tommy like throughout this uh, throughout this weekend? 
Uh, go ahead, Brett. All right, I'll go. Sorry, Challen says hello, by the way. Hello. Oh, um, Challen. Nice um, job, so, Challen. Uh, to add to that, I mean, throughout the whole weekend, he was all business, I think, till the last, the last whistle. Um, I think that, um, you know, as a team, you know, he's our fearless leader. He, you know, is carrying a lot of weight on his shoulders of, you know, representing us the right, right, the right way. And I think that, um, as we kind of started to win things, I think he's so appreciative of everybody. Um, Tom is a person never really wants to take a lot of credit. Doesn't really like a lot of cameras in his face. He does a great job of, uh, making sure those who don't necessarily get the headlines as much as he does gets their time and kind of the spotlight. And I think that, you know, him highlighting all the guys he highlighted after the game is, uh, you know, the best thing we could have done because it's true. Like, we don't win this game without those plays that guys make, especially Connor Marr, uh, you know, everything he did, right? So I think that um, Tom deflecting that stuff is kind of just who Tom is as a person, but I also think he wants to make sure guys get their credit when it's due. Yeah, uh, Connor Marr and Ryan Algevin kind of jump out to me as as two real heroes here. Chris, what, what, has Tom always been like that, or is this something later in his career – you think he's become more of a leader for others? No, I mean, he's, I, I think, understood the mantle, you know, of that responsibility. And he's one that, you know, will let other guys lead. I mean, he he, he talks about, you know, a, a flat leadership model, you know, meaning, uh, you know, guys, guys have a voice and it's always important to him. Uh, and I think, you know, a testament to him, right? He, his ego is, is not bigger than, bigger than than the task at hand so you know i i just he, he's always been a very focused um driven individual um but i think as he's evolved competitively uh you know and as an experienced vet i, I think he recognizes his responsibility and frankly his you know just his his standing you know people when when tom talks the room gets quiet and people listen but he also knows how to demand that attention and he is just on point with his message. It's, it's just really, it's impressive as, as it could possibly be. I, I want to go back to the beginning of the weekend and really the last couple of weeks, because you guys, you were given some excuses here. Latrell Harris done for the year. Connor Fields, as it turns out, what couldn't play. You had multiple bye weeks to deal with. Brett, how did you guys navigate through some uncertainty, some potential excuses that were thrown your way and, and just kind of blast through them and, and keep the right attitude? Um, I think for us, you, you look across our locker room, right? I don't think there's one guy that stands out. You know, we all play as a team, right? So we got to make sure we kind of embody that and make sure that kind of next man up mentality is there. And I think that um, in my head, at least, I was looking at, you know, kind of how the water dogs won last year. I feel like they had a lot of guys go down and get hurt. Um, throughout the year and have kind of Mikey Slosser going out of the 20 ACL. I felt like there was a lot of similar characteristics to kind of how we played. And I think you got to play for those guys and use it as more motivation and kind of play with those guys' spirits while you're out there. And I think that's kind of what we did as a team this weekend. Batesy, uh, masterful job uh, at, at dealing with with the, everything that was thrown your way, especially late in the year. It was pretty smooth sailing for most of the season, but it got rough there uh, prior, to, prior to championship weekend. When you found out Fields wasn't going to play, how did you keep everything positive? Well, we, you know, you knew it was a possibility, right? I mean, Fieldsy, when he went down in the semis, we all could see that this was was not a, a light injury, right? And, uh, you know, having two weeks, we, we thought we had a chance to get him back. Um, I give Connor so much credit for for his toughness, his resilience, and his effort to, you know, to try to show for 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 his teammates, right? I mean, he just throughout wanted to make sure that he, 
you know, he was doing everything he could. You know, this is the best attackman, one of the very best attackmen in the league this year, bar none. Uh, so we had obviously, you know, contingency plans thought through. Uh, and frankly, until, you know, he looked, he looked like he could go on Saturday, frankly. Um, and then that night, you know, just had some pain and had some, some, you know, uncomfortableness and then get up the next day and you just realized you looked in his eyes and you just, you know, it was, it was a really hard moment, uh, you know, just to, to work through his tears and, and emotion. And, uh, but to your point, we, you know, we, we sort of had a, you know, we had a game in a couple hours, so we had to get Reed, you know, Reed and I, you know, had some chat quickly and, and uh, cause he couldn't practice the day before he was with us. Uh, he flew in, postponed a trip to France with his girl uh, to, to to be able to just be there in case need be. And sure enough, um, you know, he was excited about the opportunity and didn't really know he was going to play, obviously, until about 10 that morning. And for him to score a goal in, in Philly, you know, a Drexel guy, I, I just it, it's a great storyline. And uh, we really didn't see him after the game. I mean, he was he may have had a beer or two in the locker room, but then he was you know, he was on a plane to France. So. Uh, that was that. Not bad. Take me inside this game, uh, Brett, for you uh, playing against Dylan. I, I saw you guys shared a moment during a stoppage uh, coming back from a TV timeout. You guys were exactly at the 50 yard line and you were chatting. Uh, you and Dylan were chatting for a moment there. Uh, I tried to get our cameras on it. They, they were they missed it. But I saw it. What were you guys talking about? Just the game, man. I mean, for us, like I feel like we both kind of play kind of level headed and, you know, not very um to kind of you know pa like not very i wouldn't say passionate but kind of like just over exaggerate a lot of things i think we're very mellow and kind of chill down so i feel like it's just a little conversation like i'm asking if he got hit with the ball and anywhere that hurt a lot because you know uh a couple of last time we played him a few weeks ago he had a massive welt on his arm from like mac and i think fields he hit him there so uh talking about that kind of stuff and you know just kind of asking him if his family was here and he was asking me if my family was here and just kind of having conversations that kind of friends do. You chat up, you kind of, you know, you catch up a bit. You obviously can text the guy, but it's always good to talk face to face. And I think that, um, you know, kind of going into that game, it was pretty cool. I mean, you know, not very many guys get to kind of play against their idol um, growing up. And I think that for me getting to, you know, stare him down at the other end was pretty cool. And I thought that um, in my head going into the game this weekend, I didn't have to, do anything crazy I, I remember him talking about how they won last time around he's like i i realistically i don't want me to make 30 saves but i just gonna match whatever blaze does in terms of saves and i think my in my head going into that that was my plan and i think that um obviously uh, I, I think i had a lot more shots kind of hit me that game and i felt that it kind of helped me kind of get through some of the nerves at the start and kind of went through there i thought you got off to a great start uh, there was that one save especially the the uh that you look, your balance was amazing. I was worried both both you guys were kind of wearing turf shoes, and the field was kind of wet. I w I was wondering what the, the traction would look like. It didn't seem to be an issue for you though. Uh, the the save where you moved left to right at the feet to Walker, he tried to beat you five hole, and you were all over it with really good balance off off a fast turn early. Uh, when you made that save, I I, I knew you were really feeling good. Uh, what was going through your mind when you guys went up eight to two? Uh, I mean, they're a good team. I mean, I'm sure you, I'm pretty sure you called the game against the, uh, the Atlas, right? When they're down that big as well. I mean, I don't think you can ever count the water dogs out. So um, just kind of like control of play. Like I know one little thing after another can lead to some momentum. And I think that they end up getting a lot of momentum and eventually end up tying it up. It was at the fourth. They ended up crawling all the way back and tying it. I felt like for us, like 
just do what control we can control and take care of um you know the little things and you know everything will work out in the end and obviously it's a game of runs where they got we went on our run and they responded and they punched us in the mouth and they did a good job of you know clawing their way back into the fight and i think that um you know it helped us kind of you know keep kind of calm and cool and i think that um once you kind of give up that tying goal it's like i feel like there's a lot of stress that can be taken off for me i felt like they scored that tying goal and i was like okay like hey it's a zero zero game right you don't have to worry about that they've got all the way here i feel like a lot of their momentum um and energy was used to get there and now i think that we can kind of counter punch that so um yeah that's kind of what was going through my head there when we're up eight two it was an interesting game. It was a fun game to call. I'm sure it was a fun game to play. There were really no lulls, no dead spots when you look at the scoring and the action and the penalties and the, the drama and the controversy. It was it was uh, it was steady. It was steady. You know, like sense like for, from your from my senses, there was a lot going on. Uh, Coach Bates, when we spoke on the bench one time, you said we wanted to spread them out and and use our speed. Uh, did did you actually? mean that and believe that well you just felt watching watching ryan you know watching augie's legs under him you know watching trey a little bit uh you know they're a good team defense and we just felt like we wanted to try to to get them moving and and you know take bigger runs at them and get the ball moving a little bit and make slides a little bit longer you know, we stretch you, you have to account for our shooters outside. You know, you don't want to leave Mac open. You don't want to leave Matt Moore open. Um, you know, so, you know, they did a nice job. We we were stymied. We obviously were good early offensively. And then we, we had some lulls. So, um, it, you know, we, we were just looking for answers and, and we had some good energy plays. I thought, you know, that one play Ryan made, you know, the, the, the sort of that hockey assist play, where they were man down, Dauber makes a big save, and we scored that goal. Like I thought, momentum shifted in a good way, and I thought that gave us some, some life. So, um, yeah, we 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 were searching for answers, and and uh, you know, for us, it was just trying to get a little bit more legs and a little bit more space. It's been sort of our mantra all year, and you know, we just try to get get the goalie moving too a little bit. That's we felt like that was important. I was in a bunch of defensive huddles with Coach Resch, who who takes home an, uh, yet another championship. Uh, Brett and, and he he kept it simple. He was you know let make good decisions and communicate. You guys stayed true to the, the identity of, of not oversliding. That's for sure. Uh, which in a lot of ways can make your job more simple, knowing that you're, you're seeing the ball from ISO shooters. What what was going on with the close defense? We hardly mentioned Warren's name at all, leading me to believe that he actually had a very strong game. Uh, you know Graham had the big hit. Uh, those guys held their matchup. There was some question in my eyes. Brett, whether they were going to be fast enough to stay with 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 Sowers and company, uh, and they proved they proved to be. What was what was the the talk amongst the defense like throughout most of the game? Well, I mean, I think it's it, it's it's a lot similar to the way we talked during practice in the start of the year at training camp. Like you look across the page and everyone we had down low, like everyone supports each other, right? I think that um Warren Jeffrey himself the less you kind of see him or hear of him sometimes is a really good thing because that means he's owning his matchup um he, he quietly owns his matchup I think McCarl was what over five shooting uh on the weekend and I thought that Warren did a good job of doing that and controlling that and for Graham's sake I think Graham um to me is still is and always has been the best defender in the world because he can defend any player type he's defended the teats he's defended the dull things right the bigger bodies he can defend sours I think those guys are very smart when it comes to their matchups and how we play it. And 
ultimately when those guys are behind the net, I don't know. I mean, Quentin, you're a goalie. You probably know this too. Like not many guys should be able to or can score from back there. So if you're able to kind of meet them at goal line and support each other, um, we're able to kind of go from there. And I think that just kind of talking um, as a unit and, you know, obviously keeping it simple. When you overthink things, it makes things kind of out of sorts. So I thought that um, Coach Rush did a good job at simplifying the game plan for the defense and uh, ultimately, ended up, you know, letting us be successful at the end of the day. Tommy Schreiber scores the game winner. Coach, I thought Trey LeClaire played well. Obviously, Mac O'Keefe played well. I look at the score sheet, and I was surprised. Uh, you know, it, it was kind of an offense performance where nobody individually jumped at me, but everyone played, like, really well or, you know, above-par type games. What was your assessment of the O? I think we try to take what a defense gives us and, and try to be opportunistic and – you know, earlier when you talked about Tom, you know, it's just that it's that mentality of of being selfless and sharing the ball. Uh, so we try to play with pace and, you know, we don't take too many bad shots. You know, we talk about bad shots being being a turnover. And, uh, you know, I thought we made good decisions there. And, and we had said, let's make this a half field game as best we can. End of a possession. If you hear the white call, that means it's towards the end of a clock dump it in the corner and and let us go play defense. And uh, I thought we did a good job of that. The, the one thing I'd add to what Brett said about Coach Rash and the defense, you know, Cam Wires goes down before halftime, right? And in the PLL, you get 19 dudes. So we dress five poles and, it, you know, Connor Maher picks up a pole, Chow picks up a pole. Like these guys have never played long pole in their life and they're in a PLL championship game, you know, holding down the fort. So, you know, I, I just give – I give those guys so much credit just for, for, for doing anything and everything they, they could possibly do to help us win the game. I, you know, that's a little bit of a subplot. Like, you know, Jared Connors played every shift, just about every shift as a long pole. And that, you know, that, that, that ain't easy. So I, it's, it's uh, it, it was pretty cool to to win under those circumstances. Connors got better. Jared got better every, every week of this summer, uh, just more and more. I don't know if he's being in shape or just getting his, getting his legs uh but he, he he just he finished up the summer i thought on on a great note challen was unbelievable here and, I, and i'm not sure you guys win without him given latrell harris's injury quite honestly the, the the roles that he played for you guys in the last two or three games uh dauber you know him well what what, what what's what, what did challen bring to the mix Oh, what did challen rogers bring to the mix a, a, a big smile on his face every day whatever you're asked to kind of uh you know Whatever his role was, um, he was selfless when it came down to it. I thought that um, seeing that kind of goofy smile and pushing his glasses up every time he smiled when he wasn't playing, um, you know, made a lot of guys' lives a lot easier. And um, I think that he's just a winner. Uh, he does, knows what it takes to win. He's won at a lot of levels before. Um, and I think that um, he's got a lot of respect in our locker room, plays a lot of these guys in the wintertime. And I think that, um, you know, there's nothing more you can ask for than a great teammate and a great leader, and that's what Challen is, and willing to take a role that's selfless on this team. Again, not a lot of guys want to go play defensive midfield after you just played offense, right? So him taking that role and stepping up for when Treasy went down is a uh, sacrifice you got to make sometimes to win championships, and again, that's why he's a winner, right? So uh, I can't say enough things about it. I know he's kind of blushing right beside me. He's smiling right now, but um, I thought he did a great job uh, overall in this game. Dauber, I saw the on Twitter the gold cam view of your last save, which was uh, which which, which was special. Uh, stick side bouncer, you got a semi step to it. Your your body was on it, your eyes were on it, and you got the top hand just enough that ball flicked off 
flicked off your your cross. Take take the fans through that 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 final save. Yeah, so I mean, look at the play. Uh, the ball's in the deep end. Like eight seconds is a long time, so you're kind of like in your head, like you're counting a bit, but you're not necessarily counting. Um, all of a sudden, I see the ball kind of come all the way down after they give the Liam Burns. I thought they were gonna huck it, um, and try and get like a tip in or something like that, because those shots can ultimately create a lot of chaos, and then maybe have a guy off the end line and kind of um have a quick feed inside for a good look. Um, but ultimately they got Caraway hands free. Um, I was watching the replay today and I was wondering why I didn't get a good clean look at the start. I think it was because Mar, Connor Mar and Piper Bond are both selling out to try and block it. Um, and sometimes that can be difficult right, when you don't see the ball come out of a guy's stick. So I got a, a late beat on it. Um, he put two earlier high in on me, um, stick side high and off stick high. So as soon as he saw, I saw him drop his hands, I figured it was probably going to go low. Um, I think the scout for me at times is, you know, high bouncers. I thought that was kind of the look he wanted to go with, with the kind of a low shot that was going to come up. Um, and I felt that um, as he kind of came out, the one thing I was going in my mind was, please do not let this go in. It's a two-pointer. We can't go to overtime. Um, and uh, watching the replay, you can kind of see just how demoralizing it was. I think it was Ewok and uh, Kieran's hands as the shot kind of goes up, just kind of right to their head after it was, right? So, um, the fact it didn't go on was great. I'm kind of glad that my stick held up and got just enough fit for not to go in because that would have been a bad way to lose at the buzzer. Coach Bates, did I meet your dad down on the sideline talking with Coach Resh, Resh post game? Yeah, I just, I mean, it was, uh, you know, that for him, a long time coming. My dad's a, you know, long time John Jay uh, director Te guy. Teacher, right? And a pretty mellow guy, frankly, doesn't, you know, doesn't show a lot of emotion, um, pre pretty steady. And uh, he was in tears. Like it was, it was pretty emotional. You know, he said, I've been waiting a long time for this. And, and you know, the relationship he has and my mom has with, you know, with the Schreibers and the Amblers for, for years and years and just all the families, it was uh, pretty powerful and, and just something I will never forget to share that with him and, and just see his emotion was uh and he's known Tony forever, right? I mean, I played with and for Tony for the Wings for, for a bunch of years. So you know that stuff runs deep, and you know to to get over the top and 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 be the last man standing with a trophy. Uh, I, I was just thrilled to be able to share it with him. That that was awesome uh, to 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 meet him down. He said he was uh, a thirty year teacher, I believe, in John Jay School District. Yep, yep. director wow. guidance. Wow, unbelievable, Brett. Who what? Winning uh, and, and and celebrating, like what people in your life do you feel uh, happiest for? Like there's got to be someone out there who spent a lot of time with you or is involved in your development and your progress that, that you kind of like turn to them and say, you know, thank you. Here, here's, here's your championship. Yeah, I mean, uh, my mom, my dad, I, I wouldn't be here without them. Uh, my mom was the first person I hugged. I don't know if you saw it. She was, she was bawling her eyes out when they – uh, naming the MVP and I think that for her it meant a lot as well just because I feel like she's seen all the ups and downs from not being recruited to being underestimated going to St. Bonaventure to coming out of there not knowing if it was going to get drafted to getting drafted to being here now um, and to all the sacrifices they've made for me financially um, especially my mom has been a tremendous honor for me to kind of have and to be able to kind of hug her is a special moment and um, to my dad as well my dad spent countless hours hitting tennis balls uh, at me in the and during COVID uh, on the front yard uh, playing ping pong to work on my reaction time and my hand-eye coordination so all that kind of those little things that um, you get to do with your dad and kind of leads to a championship and great and I'll also say 
um, to my college coach who was there, Randy Mearns, um, the guy who took a chance on me out of high school. Um, you know, he helped me get to where I am by giving me an opportunity to play collegiate lacrosse. And um, I felt like he did a good job of uh, calling a lot of coaches because he's got a lot of contacts in terms of trying to get me to play in the PLL. And then thank Coach Bates as well for listening to Coach Burns and what he had to say because, uh, you know, without that phone call, I don't know if I would have been here. And, um, you know, all those people kind of, you know, meant a lot to have them all there. And, uh, you know, just to kind of see all those years and financial sacrifices and sweat and tears kind of put into it was great. You pay him back with a, with, with a big effort. Uh, and you got you got a lot more uh, ahead of you also. Love the ping pong, though. This summer I'm playing my daughter, Grace. We're at the beach and, and in the basement of this place. I got a ping pong table. We, we had a play in and she's like, Daddy, you're real good. I was like, yeah, I think I played a lot in college, which <laughs> which I was kind of embarrassed about. But basically, I got to tell you, she played. She This is her first year of lacrosse. She's in ninth grade. They put her in goal one day and I show up for the game. My sister's there. I nearly had a heart attack. I never had the I never had the respect for the goalie mom or dad that I should have when I was playing. I wasn't as nervous, but whatever you do, you're lucky, Bates. Your kids don't play goalie. It, 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 Brett, give, give your mom and dad a hug because they go through a lot. Yeah, I, I, my first thing that came out of my mouth was, "Mom, I'm sorry I was so close at the end of the game." Sometimes it can be stressful, and uh, I think it helped. My mom might have had a few drinks before the game. She kind of eased the nerves, so. Uh, but yeah, they they definitely do need a couple more hugs of how stressed looking to be as a goalie parent. Batey, what's next here? Uh, the the, the Archers uh, in November when they when they name some city affiliations. Do you have any any feeling uh, where the, the franchise might be placed? No, these guys are keeping it close close to their vest. You know, you hear rumors here and there, so we don't we don't pay much attention to it. And you know, it doesn't doesn't change a whole lot for us in the short term. I mean, it's it's exciting, right, to see the to see the growth from year one to year five, you know, entering year six now, like you can't give these guys enough credit. You know, I, I just thought Sunday was, was pretty unique uh, just with all the eyes on it, that environment. So the, the game's in good hands. And um, so, no, I, you know, we have no idea what, what, what will be next. You know, we have the champ series a little bit down the path, which is, uh, you know, not top of mind. And then, you know, free agency will will hit here. So you know, we hit the off season, but uh, you know, right now we're just going to enjoy this and celebrate it, and uh, you know, take a little bit of time. That's good. Uh, do they put a date on the champ series? Is it February again or January? I, I'm I'm assuming. I I don't know that. I think it'll be February, is what I've heard. February. Yeah, I thought it was good last year. It got me through the winter. Uh, Brett, what's it? What's next for you? Uh, the NLL. Uh, I'm getting ready to get going again. Uh, I was kind of saying before I got my week off now that uh, I'm going to enjoy myself, enjoy this championship, but, you know, come next Monday, um, driving back down to Atlanta, I'm going to Florida for a bit. And then just all eyes are kind of on winning another championship with the Georgia Swarm, hopefully. And then, uh, you know, carrying that momentum into the summer next year and defending our championship with the Archers. I think that, um, you know, winning it once is great, but you, you don't want to settle for one. You want to try and get another one when you can. So um, understand that we're going to be, uh, hunted this upcoming season in, in the PLL um, and making sure that we're ready to defend that title because I know there's going to be a big target on our back and uh, at least Coach Bates is quote again we got to be uh, alley cats not the uh, not the uh, the precious stay at home cats that have a perfect life we got to you know scrap the claw for everything we get next year too <laughs> Swarm have the best jerseys uh, in all of lacrosse uh, and enjoy the NLL travel man you guys get to go to some incredible cities when when Batesy and I played like it was Rochester 
Buffalo, Philly, Baltimore, Boston, and New York. And not even New York. It was a, a shitty Long Island. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we've got some these good guys, travel spots this year. Yeah, these guys get to go to, what, Vancouver now, Batesy, and San yeah, Diego, and Denver. World. And, oh. Vegas, Vancouver, Vegas. Yeah, Vegas. those will be fun. Can you Calgary. imagine our oh. era, our era playing in indoor games in Vegas? No, this we, we we don't have time to go through all the stories that we've lived through with, you know, guys showing up at the airport with, you know, no sleep and getting their equipment delivered from a teammate and, you know, barely making flights and missing flights and leaving rental cars at the front of the, you know, at the front of the airport. Yeah, some crazy stuff. Fun, fun I room. roomed with I roomed with Tony Mellon. I saw some uh, <laughs> stuff that's noteworthy. Well, thank you, guys. Congratulations, uh, Brett. Uh, awesome year. Uh, superb uh, championship game. Really enjoyed watching you play. Uh, you, you, you were on. You were so clean. It was, it was a uh, beautiful to watch. And Coach Bates, I think you know, in the face of of, of a lot of shit hitting the fan late in the season, quite honestly, with injuries and the two bye weeks to navigate, I thought you did a, a masterful, really, really good job keeping this team together and and uh, playing so well. So, congratulations, guys. Uh, enjoyed being around you guys all season long and uh, thanks for hopping on today. Anytime, Quint. Keep up the good work, man. It's awesome. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having me, Quint. I appreciate it. Yep. Be well. That's it for this week's episode of the Quint's Essential Podcast. Thank you to our guests. Thanks to our technical director, Dr. Nick Z. I want to thank you for listening. And of course, thanks to our sponsor, Axia Time. A watch. What a better gift than a ring. I've got a championship ring. It's collecting dust in a box. I wear watches all the time. Thank you, Axia Time. It's axiatime.com, and we'll see you next week.